Welcome to Own Goal Podcast, episode 27, data recording, March 11th, 2019. Holy fuck, okay, we've promised so many times we'd be better <laughs> at recording, and it has been over a month since we last had an episode. You, Obviously, you, you could say we've gotten worse at, at recording. Yeah, I mean, life happens, it's mainly Eric's fault, but we'll get to that later. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of news actually just broke today. Uh, so wait, yeah, we have wait, a lot wait, to wait, 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 Donnie, how in the hell have you kept yourself composed during this intro when I would have bet $100 the first thing you do is scream at the top of your lungs about Man United PSG? Well, see, I would have had we recorded this episode on the original recording date. And there which- is the real reason that we got so delayed. <laughs> but alas, here we are. Uh, Actually, Donnie, so, I think I think it's good for you that we uh, we delayed because I was going to come in hot with irrevocable proof that you are the master behind VAR. I don't run VAR. Uh, the uh, you're the, the one. You're the one who says like, "Oh, whatever will make the game better." Cold. That's you, buddy. No, that's, that's not me. You said that! When? To me! When? When the VAR was first being used for the world, we texted about it! Really? Pull the text up. Yes. Let's see, let's see oh the... Oh my god, you're the, right. Pull the text up. I text you more than anyone else on Earth. Pull the text up, you're a joke. Let's let's see the, let's see the proof. Are you not... I'm a joke. You're opening up it. your mail while we're recording a fucking <laughs> podcast, and I'm a joke? You forget I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, hold on. This is part of our announcement. I just wanted to say that uh, Eric and I own our uh, trademark for Own Goal Podcast by the United States Patent and Trademark Office, and I was opening it because for, I knew what it was. For everybody who for everybody who isn't me, he's also showing the <laughs> the paper to the camera. I'll uh, tweet. I'll, I'll tweet. I'll tweet the. Uh, I'll tweet a picture of it. <laughs> so um, yeah. Uh, so from now on, yep, the, it's own goal podcast. With a, we can get a little TM, now. little TM at the at the bottom. We need to update our uh, our, our our logo. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe frame that maybe. It will put it in the office. All right, we got a lot to get to this week. Uh, gonna cover some Champions League. Uh, always get your 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 taste of the hot guys. That sounded so wrong, and um, and go over some some league recaps. But first, to the byline. It's in. It's an own goal. It's a gift. Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. Got no chance really the keeper. Astonishing position to get the ball into. As always, we start out with what's new in the soccer world, some news from around uh, the game. And we actually had a couple of major stories break today. First and foremost, Solari has been sacked by Real Madrid to end a very tough kind of couple of weeks for them. And Zinedine Zidane is back at the helm. There are so many ways to approach what just went down. The, the historically shitty run of form that Madrid had, seeing them lose to at home to Barcelona twice and to Ajax eliminating them from three different trophy competitions uh, in the span of I think six days or eight days or something like that 
historically bad for a, a club as, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It was terrible. Uh, I think we we were kind of in agreement that getting rid of Zidane over a transfer conflict was stupid to begin with, but, I mean, only something Perez would do because he's a psychopath. Well, that, that that's the other way of, of, of how I wanted to dissect what the hell just happened. Uh, is there a better power play or a better flex that you could think of in, in soccer than winning three straight Champions Leagues and then walking away because you were adamant that you couldn't sell Cristiano Ronaldo and and kind of compete. And then that club goes on a really bad run of form for most of the year, honestly. And they've had two different managers. Two different then, managers the since in the, that. In the last six months. Two different managers, uh, and only to basically be have all the players and pretty much uh, Florentino himself saying, you know what, Zidane, you were right, come back. I mean, when Sergio Ramos is like, Asking the club to maybe sell him. I mean, he is Mr. Real Madrid. To be fair, he wasn't asking the club. He was yelling at, at Florentino, uh, which I think, yeah, he's the president of, of Real Madrid. But for those that aren't aware, apparently there was, a, after the uh, the Ajax uh, defeat, there was a, a verbal bust-up between Perez and, and uh, Sergio Ramos where he was heard exclaiming, pay me and I'll leave. I guess saying you know buy out my contract, which means he wasn't he wasn't saying you know send me somewhere else. It was if you don't want me here, you know, pay me the rest of my money and I'll go somewhere. But I think all of those rumors, those die with Zidane coming back, right? I mean, getting Zidane to me just confirms that they'll they'll keep they'll definitely keep uh, Sergio. Maybe they'll even even convince Marcelo to stay, uh, then I think you're going to see Hazard and then a mystery player at Bayern. Yeah. I, um, it's going to be interesting. I, I could see them going Hazard and then, I mean, I don't think, so I know Perez probably wanted, wanted Neymar. I don't think Zidane wants Neymar. I think Zidane would want, uh, his countryman Mbappe. So, uh, I think he would definitely want. I think. I mean, I think Perez would also want Mbappe too. He probably want both because Perez is a megalomaniac. But I think definitely going to get Hazard. I think they're going to yeah. make a play for one other like Premier League superstar as well. You you were saying Christian Eriksen earlier, and I was suggesting possibly Harry Kane. My first thought especially was especially if if Tottenham don't make the Champions League. My first thought was 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 Christian Eriksen. You and Harry Kane, which I think are all possible. But I heard another rumor today, and it plays along the countryman aspect that I think could be very enticing, especially if they don't make the Champions League in Golo Conte. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say Paul Pogba. <laughs> I was going to cry. I don't think Paul Pogba wants to leave uh, Beans and Lingard. Oh, plus everyone loves Solskjaer yeah. so much. No, I, 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 th- I could see, especially if, if Chelsea don't make Champions League. Mm-hmm. I because because even though Real Madrid are are doing you know what we'd say really really bad they're gonna finish second in the league, so they're gonna be in Champions League soccer next year. I could see Zidane you know saying to Conte, "Come on, man, let's do this." Out, dude, out to like uh, that's a filthy. I guess you what Casemiro sits in that situation. And you go Conte, Cruz, Modric. That is a filthy midfield. I don't know. Um, 
You well, uh, there have been rumors and inklings of Modric being potentially shopped around. Because the only way the only way you get uh, both Hazard and Conte, the mystery player, and Conte from uh, well, no, and Conte from Chelsea would be sending them Modric. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'll go, we can touch. We'll touch on this a little bit more when we briefly talk about La Liga. But the other big news that happened today is Louis Van Gaal has uh, officially retired as a manager. Um, I mean, he's been a, to a bunch of teams. I mean, he managed Ajax, two stints with Barcelona, two stints with the Dutch national team, Bayern Munich, most recently Manchester United. Uh, great career accomplishments. Won the Champions League with Ajax in 95. Multiple Dutch titles with Ajax and AZ. Multiple La Liga titles. Won the Bundesliga. Finished third at a World Cup. Won an FA Cup. But most importantly of all, he once showed his testicles to his Bayern Munich players at halftime. Quote, so they knew that I had them. End quote. That to me is amazing. Imagine like you're just getting ripped on and then you're... Coach just pulls out. I bet you had some meaty balls too. He just pulls out some nice meaty Dutch balls, and he's just like holding them. I mean, fuck. That had to galvanize the team. It would galvanize me. I don't know if it would galvanize me. I'll be honest. I'm probably I'm probably coming out of that locker room shell shocked. You're just gonna be dog shit because you're I'm thinking the, about your coach's I think, balls. I think I think it's making me worse. You know. Really. Well, I get, I get it. Van Hal's an older guy. So you maybe had a, one of the younger coaches showing you the balls, but maybe that, that would be something more appealable to you. I just don't think somebody else exposing their genitalia <laughs> is going to galvanize me to perform better than I was already trying to perform. Okay, just, obviously when just, you put it like that, just, it sounds stupid. I just but when feel you, like... Like, when you put I, it like that, anything would sound stupid. I just feel like the effort I was putting in at the first half is probably going to be the effort I was putting in after that event as well. See, I disagree. I will I will never want to see this old Dutch man's testicles again as long <laughs> as I live. So I'm going to... So like, it was like... Any little like, 1% I was holding back subconsciously, like, I am playing balls for the so wall. So this is like a negative time. reinforcement kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's how I was raised, though. Like my parents, No, I, I'd get, I get like, it now. I'd get a 99 on a math test. My parents would be like, why wasn't it 100? I'd when be like, you, nobody got 100 in the class. And they'd be like, well. When when you said kind of galvanized, I was thinking like, you know, that, that, that rallies the people. It fires them up and inspires them. And I'm just like, I don't think I'm being inspired by that that show of testicle, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough ball talk for one podcast. Until we get to hot guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a this we've talked about FIFA quite a few times, almost always negatively. So I'm just going to start calling when we do this this segment. The fuck, fuck FIFA. FIFA, yeah. FIFA has, is now considering making the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, the one built on slavery, which we despise. This is going to be the World Cup that's going to be in the winter versus the summer. So there's a lot of reasons to hate this World Cup. Well, here's another one. They are considering making this World Cup a 48-team field World Cup as opposed to the 2026 World Cup because FIFA did some studies and they showed by expanding the field to those additional 16 teams, it'll equate about $400 million in extra revenue. Well, you know, as, as negative as we are about FIFA, I think there is one thing that we need to give them credit for. We can always count on them to be consistent, you know? 
Like, it's not surprising, right? It, it sucks. And then here's another thing. This is already going to be the worst World Cup ever because of aforementioned slavery. And it's in the winter. Yes, but I'm really harping on the slavery piece because we've been very anti-slavery from the start of this podcast. We haven't really come out as anti-winter. I'm not anti-winter. I'm anti-World Cups in winter. I I, I get that. I'm just saying – so that's why I'm really just leading hard with the anti-slavery piece because that's the bigger – you know. But we are also very, very anti-48-team World Cup. So you know what? Fuck it. Just let them lump it all in now. Get over it. Obviously, I don't want it to happen. But when they released these numbers, that to me said they're not considering it. They've already decided. Well, at least there's no way the U.S. will miss this World (laughs) Cup. (laughs) Too soon. Oh, Uh, my God. And now this takes us to the championship. Holy Uh, shit. We don't talk about the championship. This is much bad. on this podcast. We, well, we will no, talk it, about it. it. We will talk about it when we get near the end because the promotion fight in the championship is fascinating to watch. It's a it, absolutely. It, it's not just the actual games and, and the effort the players give, but the the fan environment as well. It's unfortunate when thinking about the crazy fan environment around those clubs because that's kind of what led us into our our next story, which is. Uh, Birmingham City, Aston Villa, Villa, had their their derby game where a fan came onto the pitch and punched Jack Grealish in the back of the head. Yeah, Jack Grealish is the uh, captain of Aston Villa, but I think uh, Jack had the last laugh because he ended up scoring the game winner. He did score the game winner. Um, they at, he, he they asked him about it in the post game presser, and I mean he made a point that a lot of people were making. He said he was really lucky. What if that, you know, lunatic had some sort of shank, shiv, or weapon? Um, you know, could have had some pretty, pretty dire outcomes. Uh, a lot of there's been a lot of talk about this. You know, some people saying that the uh, stadium stewards need need to be armed. Um, some people are saying that the stadium stewards need to just do a better fucking job of preventing people from getting onto the pitch. Uh, there's there's just a lot that's shitty that that kind of goes on. And that's why, for the most part, when you see people, quote-unquote, doing the harmless streaking across the field, it's not necessarily a, a, a laughing matter, with the exception of Pussy Riot protesting Putin. You know, I think that yeah. that, that where, where they were clearly running not towards any players, they were running to uh, make a statement against an oppressive regime. But when you have these people running onto the field trying to touch people, that's when you get some real problems, and it's somebody's going to get hurt eventually. If, if and somebody's going to die, yeah, because somebody's going to get stabbed. It's ridiculous. Don't if you're a fan of a soccer team, fucking stay in your seat. You you're not entitled to be on that field. Like it's ridiculous. And you know what? Uh, the law agrees. Uh, the fan who ran for the field will be going to jail for 14 weeks and will be banned from any soccer stadium in England for 10 years. I think it should be a lifetime ban. So he personally. got he got a lifetime ban from Birmingham. Yeah, I think it should be a lifetime ban from all stadiums. Yeah, I agree. But that's all I'm saying. But, yeah, ridiculous story. Uh, here's another kind of ridiculous story. Uh, Gates, do you want to take this one? We're going with my boy KPB? Oh, yeah. So yeah, Kevin Prince Boateng, who if the name sounds kind of familiar, but you can't remember why, recently moved to Barcelona and what I think is a, was a shock move as to 
why the hell are they doing that? Um, well, during his, uh, his home debut for Barcelona, his house was robbed and, uh, $340,000 worth of valuables, mainly jewelry were taken from his place. What a perfect time to rob somebody's house, (laughs) making a debut for his new club. You know, his entire family's at the game. You know, all his boys are at the game. Everyone's at the game. That house is going to be empty for hours. Honestly, yeah, that was pretty smart robbers. I think I, I'm pretty sure. I'm not, say, I'm not saying I hope they get away with it, but I'm not saying I hope they get caught either. I think this has been a thing for a while, for like a while, I, I, where people, you know, big, you know, marquee signings or, or notable signings on their home debuts get fucking robbed. Which is why <laughs> if I, if I like, you know what? There's got to be there's a market for some sort of professional athlete catered, you know, professional athlete and, and like pop star catered home security service where you yeah, go just, to gates. We just, that's what own goal podcast will start doing. We'll just be like, hire us. We'll just sit in your house. The robbers come in. We'll be like, yeah, take whatever you want. We're not going <laughs> to fight you. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think, I think there's, there's a market for, for that service. Because There's even a better market for being the robbers during that time. We should start robbing people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, opening opening <laughs> game of uh, of Austin FC in two years. Let's uh let's go hit up the. Uh, <laughs> let's just start robbing people in Austin's houses randomly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all we have to say about that story. Uh, this next story actually might be the craziest story of the day. We've had some interesting ones, but. So we all know the Turkish Super League is the best league in the world. Now, in the Turkish third division, I don't know what that league's called, but a player was caught stabbing and cutting his opponent when he brought a razor blade onto the pitch with him. <laughs> it's not funny. Laughing? I just don't know how else to react. Nobody was like seriously hurt. He didn't get like a he didn't get like a major artery or anything. But oh, that's good to know. But, like, what a psychopath. Hey, do you have any thoughts on this? No, I'm I, just going to keep laughing I, I, on my own. Well, I kind of want to just let you keep laughing because it just makes you sound really fucked up. I'm not fucked up, but, like, then the headline is, like, he's slicing people with the razor blade. What, who does that? Yeah, I mean, it actually kind of plays into what we were talking about with the Birmingham fan. Like, what if that guy had a razor blade? No, I agree, and we should. I guess pl- players should be banned from stadiums too. We can't even trust the players now. I think he was. I also. Think I don't even. I don't. I don't even think we can have soccer anymore. I also think this guy is like serving, um, like ten years in prison. Yeah, yeah. That he the, assaulted several the people. Turkic, the Turkish the Turkish legal system is not known for being forgiving either. So. No, they are much more about punishment than rehabilitation. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, in the end, I mean, it's fucked up and deranged, but I think he got, I think, I think he's, he's, he's paying the, paying the time. Um, so we've got, we've this got, next story is sad. It's, it's the worst type of Marcelo and it's sad Marcelo. Marcelo is a joy to the world when he's doing one of two things. Oftentimes both at the same time. One is attacking from the left back position because he's Real Madrid's best attacking player. And two is when he's smiling. And 
one of the best smiles in soccer. It's almost impossible to find non-smiling Marcelo until this year. And um, do you want to reveal how Marcelo? Do you want to let us know how Marcelo found out that CR7 was leaving? Yeah. So uh, they were training for the uh, Champions League game against Liverpool last season, and after training, Ronaldo just so turned after to training said, before the game, before the before the actual final. Yeah. After after the after training before the actual final, like the night before, two nights before, he just turned to Marcelo and he said, "I'm leaving." And when, you know, Ronaldo left the practice facility or whatever that day, Marcelo said, I cried all night. And then and then he, he said, uh, Cristiano has left, so now I have no one by my side in the dressing room. I have, oh. ba- I have Bale on the other side, but he only speaks English. We speak with gestures and say hi or hello. Oh my god, dude, I'm... I love Marcelo so much. That's so sad. See, you're then, that is sad, but it's going to be even worse next year when I have to root against him because he's going to be at you fucking Juventus. Oh, that's going to suck. Uh, he's also only appeared in one of their last six games, and he missed both Classicos and Ajax games. And, hmm, I, interesting. Don't, I don't think he... Three major games that they lost, he, he was on the bench. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he missed them because that would imply that he wasn't able to, to play. Uh, oh, no, he was just on the bench. Solari benched him for some youth product uh, from their academy. Which and is ridiculous. Fucking Marcelo, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Really, really worked out well for Santi Solari, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's filling out his unemployment application. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's putting it in right on top of Jose Mourinho's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, have, oh, we haven't talked about this. Okay, Josie Mourinho got a $30 million severance package from Manchester United. Getting fired is the best thing that ever happened to him. Wow. Yeah, boy got paid. Um, speaking of a boy who will get paid one day, Cristiano Ronaldo Jr.'s form for Juventus' youth under-10 team or whatever, absurd. 23 games so far, 58 goals, and 18 assists. That can't be right. <laughs> no, that is correct. That can't be right. 58 that goals. That's like when I play FIFA career mode on easy difficulty. Amateur? Sure. That one. I don't know. Yeah. Those are just absurd numbers. I mean, it's obviously going to level off eventually, obviously, but it's still absurd to do that. Uh, oh, and then... Another bit of anti-Neymar news. So ESPN Brazil had 160,000 Brazilians vote on the best Brazilian players ever post-Pele. So Pele could be included in the vote. Neymar came in 11th. <laughs> it's just vindication feels so good. I know. I know. Oh, oh my God. Neymar's face when Man United won. That PSG series, oh, it knowing got turned, he it got turned, never it got did turned to a, without Messi. It got turned to a GIF uh, like three seconds after that that uh, shot happened. That was oh, dude, it went it went viral. Apparently, he uh, he, the, he his teammates had to restrain him when he was trying to bang down the uh, the referee's door uh, after the game. Yeah, no, he he literally was losing his shit. All right, um, time for the segment everybody's been waiting for. Hot guy of the week. Um, my hot guy of the week this week is going to be Jack Grealish, man. To, to be able to not be mentally rattled from someone coming onto a field and assaulting you, 
to be the captain of your club, to show that sort of mental fortitude, and then to score the game-winning goal. In a derby. Bravo bravo for you, Jack Grealish. And um, honestly, I, I, like, you are my like, number one Hawkeye of the week. Like, I don't think people realize like, the type of mental fortitude it took for him to handle that. And oh my god! Also, he's very handsome. He look, he look, he has like a David Beckham look to him. Like he's a hot guy. I think I think he's budget Beckham. You know? Yeah. No. Although, yeah. And I uh, mean, budget Beckham is not. Like a I'd bad be willing thing. to bet he probably has a more attractive voice, though. I mean, that's that's not hard. So yeah, Jack Grealish, you're my hot guy of the week, man. All right, that leads us to my hot guy of the week. Uh, you know, because of our, our our recording time, I think week is a fungible. Uh, time frame. I'm going with the guy that stole the fucking show um, against Real Madrid. Dusan Tadic fucking killed. So funny that you picked Dusan because before this, like, had we recorded last week when we were supposed to record, I had Dusan Tadic as well. But the Jack Grealish thing made me pick Jagger. So we almost had the first <laughs> unanimous hot guy of the week. Like, we came that close. But, I mean, I had to give it to Grealish I mean, after all that. So, uh, Ajax scored four goals against Real Madrid in Madrid. And uh, Dusan assisted the first one, scored the second one, was not involved in the saucy free kick, but was the creative outlet for the fourth one as well. For Ajax, taking down Real fucking Madrid. And, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not the most attractive guy we've selected, but he's... Oh, he's not bad looking. He's not bad. He's got, he's got a very clean look, you know. He's, he's not, oh, he's not, got a great bot, not, too. Not, I've seen him shirtless. Yeah, he's, he's ripped. He's ripped. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't have, like, any, you know, over-large facial features... I, also, yeah, his, just based, based on that game alone, I think he has an absolute hammer below the belt, dude. I mean, he's got he he's a, he's clutch. He's got big dick energy, as opposed to the small <laughs> dick, the small cock aura that I constantly produce. Yeah, yes, of course. Uh, yeah, great segment. Two great hot guys. Two fantastic performances. And now we move on to aptitude test. All right. Uh, this one, this one, I think is topical because. Oh, and for for those of you who may be listening to the podcast for the first time, this is where Eric and I give each other a soccer figure, player, manager, and if they weren't playing soccer, what would they be doing? For example, for... Peter Crouch. If he wasn't a soccer player, he'd be a virgin. And those are in Peter Crouch's own words, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not making fun of Peter Crouch. He said that. Yeah. Um. So Donnie, if he weren't the owner of Real Madrid. What would Florentino Perez be? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> if he weren't the owner of Real Madrid, is he the owner or is he the president? Or Pre- president, my bad. Whatever, fuck it. President of Real okay. Madrid. If he, if he wasn't the president of Real Madrid... Lorenzo Perez would be the European Donald Trump. <laughs> like, he would have, like, all the shit Donald Trump did, like, the beauty pageants and the apprentice. He would he would basically, like, follow Donald Trump's exact, like, life and career path to the T. It would just be Perez, like, Perez Towers, Perez, you know, Perez this, Perez that. And then, like, he would be president of Spain one day. And he oh would just be God. fucking saying the most random shit. Okay. 
that kind of falls in line with where I'm going with it. He would attempt to be a real life James Bond villain. <laughs> like, you know, the guy um, in one uh, from the 90s, maybe very early Pierce Brosnan, who is. Moonraker? That wasn't Pierce Brosnan. Oh, no, that's you're right. Connery. That was it. Uh, um, the guy who go, owns, like, go. the news outlet uh, company and... It's, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. That would be Florentino Perez. He would... Because he he's he is a fucking megalomaniac that rules over Real Madrid and tries to destroy the heroes in Adin Zidane or Cristiano Ronaldo. Seriously, that guy belongs in a padded cell, though, either way. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. I like that one. Thanks. All right, Eric, if you weren't a professional soccer player, what would Sergio Busquets do? Raunchy pornography. Okay, that is exactly what I had in line, okay? I had him as a fluffer. And <laughs> for those of you who don't know what a fluffer is, and Eric may not know because he didn't know what buying I know what or selling a fluffer uh, Fuck it. Oh, okay, you didn't know what buying or selling Virginia well, I, don't, I don't know if it's so, good. Hold on. I don't, on, I don't know if it's on. good to know what a fluffer is. <laughs> but somebody texted me, by the way, uh, listener of the podcast, who's listening to old episodes, and he said, yeah, I knew buying and selling Virginians was a thing. So that's just more support for me. But back to a fluffer. If you don't know what a fluffer is, okay, in porn, you have what's called a fluffer. And their job is to keep the male's dick hard in between takes because it's like you're not just like banging this out in like an hour. That This is like a whole day ordeal shooting a porno. And so the fluffer's job is to keep the guy's you know, dick nice and hard. And that is 1,000% what Sergio Busquets would do because that's his job for Barcelona is to keep <laughs> the more talented midfielder's dicks nice and hard. Uh, Donnie, it. I'm it's, sin- so, it's such a perfect metaphor. I'm sending you the first image that shows up when you Google Sergio Busquets, and that is exactly <laughs> the this guy works in just like disgusting, low quality <laughs> pornography. Oh my god, <laughs> he's not attractive. We should put this photo out. We should put your hot guy of the week, my hot guy of the week, and this photo out <laughs> on the uh, the Twitter account. Which one of these is not like the other? <laughs> Two of these. Here's gonna be the tweet. Two of these are the. Two of these are hot guy of the week. One's the fluffer. Guess which? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and actually, now we're plugging in a little mailbag for douchebag. Yeah, we got our first mailbag mail. aptitude test from our. Gotta got gotta give him credit. Probably our number one listener. Number one listener and biggest fan, not size wise, just like he likes the podcast a lot. Yeah, Nick Foster. What would Ole Gunnar Solskjaer be doing if he wasn't manager? And why is it be? Why is it being being? Dude, Nick, I love you, buddy. You gotta work on the on your wording you use because you always fuck these up. Why is you, you, you it, have to have somebody proofread this, Nick? Why is it being being the voice of Gollum, Smeagol, and Lord of the Rings? Question mark. Photo attached for reference of the actor. So, Nick, I absolutely love that you uh, attached this photo because so many times I've wanted to text Donnie, why does Solshar look like Gollum? But, actually, but, but, like, it's always when United are either losing or tied, and I don't want, I don't want to, like, incur the wrath of Donald during those moments. <laughs> Oh my god, I got a story about that when we get to the Arsenal game. I was such a dick to one of my coworkers who was an Arsenal fan. I was older than me. I had to fucking apologize. I was such a sore baby about it. But the the photo we're looking at, 
it looks like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer probably twenty years ago, and it's and it is it is Andy. <laughs> no, it, it, it kind of looks Andy. like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer twenty years ago if he started doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is Andy Circus, and like so, there are two there are two possibilities. There is he is Andy Circus, and that is his aptitude test. So he'd be playing Gollum, Schmeagol, and that weird uh, like mini arc in the Avengers movies with the guy with the the vibranium arm, or He's a fucking wizard. Because what he's done, what he's done at, at United, just means that he's got like magical abilities. So I think Andy Circus is probably some like Ministry of Magic official. You just said Andy Circus. Did you because mean Oligone Solskjaer? I meant Oligone Solskjaer, but I'm looking at the photo and it's really throwing me off. Dude, the photo is like really tough to look at. It's like because I feel like if you look at the photo, it looks like he's staring right he's, at you. His eyes move as I move, and I don't like it. <laughs> I, oh, I just moved. I hated that. It's the uh, it's this the is really least. bad podcast. By the way, we're talking about a picture that nobody else can see. <laughs> um, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Like, I don't. I see him maybe like possibly being like the greatest salesman in the world because everybody likes him. I'm he says the right, he always says the right thing too. Like he could honestly sell, he could sell someone shit, like human shit. He could find a way to sell someone human shit. I, I That's got, how likable he is. I'm changing my answer. He is the real life version of Robin Williams from uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. And Paul Pogba's Matt Damon. <laughs> And he's just talking about how Jose Mourinho abused him. It's not your fault. He's just like, it's It's not not your fault, fault. Paul. And then, like, Luke Shaw's in the corner, like, crying, (laughs) eating a donut or something. But here's the thing. Robin Williams, in that that movie, he's, uh, you know, teaching at some, like, community college. Like, he's definitely qualified to teach well above that station. Just like Ole Gunnar was, was, you know, the manager over over at Mold, right? And yeah. then and then something happens and Ole has to come in to a much, you know, a much different high pressure situation working with this wonderkind, uh, Matt Damon, or you said Pogba. I kind of think it could also be Rashford with the the, the, the turn in form we've seen. But I'm saying that he this is goodwill hunting. It's good rash hunting. That's incredible. All right. And, I and, talk and about when the they do it, now, when but. they do it in the movie, they can get Andy Serkis to play him. <laughs> they make a movie about Manchester United. Andy Serkis is playing. So sorry. And Michael hated. B. Jordan is, is, pl- is Michael B. Jordan's playing Rashford. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, all right, you ready to talk about some soccer? Yes, but I also want you to brainstorm who's playing the rest of the United squad and who plays Jose Mourinho. But we can do that later. Off. off oh, camera. you know who's gonna, you know, oh, you know who plays Jose Mourinho? You know that guy who plays uh, Dagger in um, The Dark Knight Rises? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that guy plays Jose Mourinho. <laughs> uh, and, oh, and, 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 and Michael Caine plays Sir Alex Ferguson hands down. Oh, 100%. Also, Zidane is definitely played by Statham. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he's—I don't know how he fits in, into the, the the movie, but he's definitely there. This is going to sound weird, but I think De Gea is played by Army Hammer. I think it's yeah. 
All right, that's enough of that. Otherwise, we'll literally just divulge into that. Uh, <laughs> jo- Jonah Hill plays Luke Shaw because he's not fat anymore, <laughs> but he definitely has been. That was so good. That was such a fucked up thing to say. <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving on. That, that was too far. That was too far. Okay. Also, also, listen, listeners, uh, send in your your suggestions for the casting of this movie. Yeah, which who's going to play who on the Bachelor United team? Uh, anyway, the Champions League. The uh, Champions. So those you may know that Eric and I had a calendar bet about who would if the loser would have to take like a calendar pick in certain jerseys and all that. Uh, only four teams have gone through and I already lost <laughs> mathematically uh, I'd like to remind people I'm the guy who got 15 of 16 of the teams into the round of 16 correct guy who predicted France winning the World Cup before it happened but Eric I would like to be, I like to admit remind the listeners that I'm the guy that predicted Ajax would be Real Madrid oh, oh you tried to puss out but I made you stand to it like a man aren't you happy I did Yes. I still have a chance. If, if you switch around Madrid, I still have a chance. I know, I know. At least time. I know. This, I think, is what they would call Donnie being hoisted on your own petard. But if you you're, did what to my petard? You, know, you, 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 you hoisted yourself on your own petard. You did this to yourself. You are the architect of all your misfortune. I'm just an idiot, apparently, when it comes to picking <laughs> soccer games. It was not, it was, apparently, I'm just not good at picking the round. This was not good for me. This was a bad look for me. Um... But let's get into it. Let's get into the one that I did get right. <laughs> Manchester United versus PSG. Holy Things look bad after that first leg. Uh, PSG won 2-0. Uh, Ashley Young was an absolute liability at right back, which he usually is against a really fast, talented player. Pog- Pogba um, got a red, double yellow red it card. A bullshit it was second a bullshit yellow card, second yellow seen as Kimbimpe and what's-his-name should have been red carded, double yellowed, like in the the thirty forty fifth and fiftieth minutes. Um, Although kind of also, kind of a good this thing. This was also the game where Martial and Lingard both died in the first half. It's kind of a good thing, and Rashford was playing the whole second half with like a hammy injury or something. Uh, no, 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 that was against. Uh, oh that shit! Was, that was Liverpool. Yeah. Wow, you guys have really had some bad injuries. Shit. Um, yeah. But it's kind of a good thing that Kimbembe didn't get that uh, that second yellow that he deserved, like in the fiftieth minute of the first leg. Yes, because let's let's we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Well, yeah, let me build up. So, Manu down two zero, first Solskjaer loss. Everyone's depressed. I depressed because I somehow convinced myself Manu would win this series. Uh, no team has ever wa- lost the first leg of a Champions League uh, knockout round game. Every team that's lost their first leg at home. By more by two goals or more has never come back to win in the away leg ever. Until now, uh, things started out hot in Paris. With within the first two minutes, there was an errant back pass. Lukaku was all over. Rounded Buffon. Boom, one zero. Instant PSG response. Boom, one one. Rashford fucking rips a shot. Buffon fumbles it. Two one Manu, and then that that sweet sweet beautiful penalty. That we got yesterday. Hand, the AR, I will but, admit. but the handball that was from Kimbimpe, that's why it ended up being a good thing that he yep. wasn't second yellowed. And also for people saying that's not a handball, <laughs> I, listen, you can criticize VAR all you want, and I agree, VAR sucks, but 
that was 1,000% a handball. His arm is sticking out. It doesn't matter. Here's my question. The rule rule as it currently states does not deal with intent at all, correct? Correct. So everybody making the argument of there was no intent, which I completely agree there was no intent, that's not what the rule states as it is right now. I, I wouldn't mind that being a suggested rule change, you know, if there is deemed no intent. But I also think you have to fucking get rid of VAR because you anything in slow-mo is going to look like it has intent, you know, for the most part. That's like, yeah. so, so I actually don't think VAR helps refs get the calls right. It actually... No, VAR is stupid. VAR lets refs get away with making the wrong calls because they're no longer making the calls. They're making whichever call will allow the play to continue, and then they're going to go into wait until they have a super slow-mo view of something which doesn't actually give you the proper view of what's going on. I totally agree. Um, actually, Alexi, okay, I'll, I'll talk about this in a second, but just to recap the game real quick. Yeah, can so, we not bring up Alexi Lawless in our fucking pod? In our, this is a happy place. Okay. Are you about to bring up Alexi Lawless? And I, I just... Yeah, I was gonna bring up Alex Wallace in a second. But this is a happy place. We don't need we don't need him. I know, but we gotta bring in the boogie monster every now and again. <laughs> Rash so who's gonna take the penalty? You know, Pogba's out, it's gonna be Lukaku. It's gonna, it's gonna be Rashford. Rashford has never taken a competitive penalty before. That is staring down. You know talking yeah. about having big dick energy as a manager? Oh yeah. Well no, actually he's he said it. Was, he he said after the game it was up to Rashford and Lukaku. He said one of them will take penalties, and they had to fight for it. And I think Rashford big dick energy. Lukaku was like, "I'm fucking. I I can make this. I will make this." And Lukaku was like, "Okay." And Lukaku, by the way, who had two goals on a hat trick. Yeah. But um. But we've we've also seen Lukaku take some less than stellar penalties before. Lukaku's shit at penalty taking. I don't know why it was not just Rashford from the get go. Yeah. But. What a penalty that was, by the way. Just a absolute... I mean, Buffon guessed right, but didn't even... Didn't matter. Nope, he just ripped it. Oh, sent Man United through. Also, Neymar we got, we got, we got The a, only thing that makes me sad is Mbappe being heartbroken. That hurts me. I also... I, I mean, I feel bad for another guy, and it's all his fault, too. Buffon had a... Oh, yeah. He's never won the Champions League. And he had a horrible game. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was bad. No, PSG lost that game. Manchester yeah. United did not win that game. But like all you know, three goals were on mistakes. It's one thing if PSG had lost that game, and it had been like, I don't know, somebody else's fault. But the fact that it was Buffon's fault, it's just it's, it's a bummer. That's not how I want to see it, him him go out. Um, yeah, uh, apparently the players, the PSG players, were so depressed after the game. They asked Tuchel if they could go on a vacation. They could have like a holiday. And they if, could have like if three you or four followed days Thomas Tuchel at all when he was at Dortmund, you knew there was no fucking way he was going to grant that request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, one but, cool thing though. So, well, this isn't cool. This is expected. After the game, Neymar had to be like restrained by his teammates because he was trying, or by like team PSG team managers because he was trying to like knock down the ref's door to protest the call. Uh, while he was doing that. Edison Cavani, who was also injured, was walking around the pitch, helping up and consoling his teammates because his immediate reaction was caring about other people instead of worrying about the spotlight for himself. So uh, just, uh, you know, we always talk about how Neymar sucks and how I think he's tried to decapitate Cavani. 
uh, Cavani's still still doing his thing and, and still being a pretty good guy. That's all I have so, to say uh, about that. I have, a, I have another good Neymar story after the game if you want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, after the game, Eric Cantona, <laughs> yeah. Manchester United legend, and his friends started making like provocative gestures towards Neymar. Mm-mm. And Neymar's father was so mad that he pushed one of Cantona's friends, and security had to get involved. Yeah, there was a there was a kerfuffle between uh, Cantona's posse and Neymar's dad's posse. <laughs> oh, and then also uh, the the president, the owner, one of the owner presidents of PSG got mad at Evra and Pogba, who are watching the game together in the stands for fucking going ape shit afterwards. That like he also had to be like restrained from like attacking them. Basically, everyone in PSG is an asshole. He apparently broke, except a, for Mbappe and he Cavani. Apparently, broke a, he broke a door too. <laughs> yeah, that, you know what though? He, he owns the fucking team. He can break whatever he wants. He's, He's got to pay for he it. He slammed the door so hard it just it like came off its hinges. So that that game was nuts. It was historical. Uh, Man, you are in the round of sixteen. That's awesome, and. Now we get to go to an even equally maybe more nuts game, Ajax-Real Madrid. Yeah. Ajax-Real Madrid, who Real in in Amsterdam on the first leg, take down Ajax 2-1, going home with a two two away goals, one goal lead. Sergio Ramos, you know, gets the intentional yellow card um, so that he can be suspended for this game so he doesn't have to risk being suspended for the next next match he admits to that being the reason why he picked up that card and then uh uefa levels us an addition additional second game suspension on him which which i thought was bullshit for i agree it's that. bullshit but at the end of the story it does add some comic kind of connections i agree but i would like to speak on that topic real yes. quick you basically had he not just been had he not been honest, he would have gotten just the one game suspension. Yes, Here's he was honest about why he got the yellow card and they added an extra game. But I just I think that's ridiculous to do that, and so people are just going to keep doing the same thing. They're just not going to be open and yeah. have the uh, the courage to be honest about it. Like he wasn't. Cool. I think having the second suspension was ridiculous, especially considering that. Ramos got his in the end, if you really think about well, it. Also, also, accumulation in itself is fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. You, you and I have beaten that topic to death. Accumulation is one of the... But, wor- accumulation and high foot are like the two worst rules in soccer. Yeah. But also, like, like, high foot, what's, high foot, what's the point of having estab- what's the point of having these established punishments if you're just going to tack on additional punishments on top of that? Like... That's like when somebody gets a red card and then comes back later and they're banned for three more games. I, I don't know. I I have problems with this. Um, but him being out for this game res- led to a second leg result of 4-1 Ajax. And, I mean, Ajax scored the first goal and I, I was like, okay, okay. Ajax put another one, beh- another one through... Uh, so going up two nothing, and now they were winning. And then Madrid, I think, no, then was it? It went. It was two nothing, two one, three one, four one, right? Or was it three? Yeah. No, it was three nothing, then three one. Yeah, yeah. It was it once once Ix got that two nothing lead. It was never it was never level again uh, on aggregate. And this was that that game that Dusan Tadic just had a fantastic performance. But really, the the entire attacking front of of Ajax played incredibly well. Uh 
I mean, and then also De Legit at the in the the back line on, on defense. Uh, De, what's the the uh, Frankie De Jong who was in the midfield? He's going to Barcelona. Going to Barcelona. Uh, apparently, when he signed uh, for Barcelona, they they told him uh, just knock out Real Madrid in the Champions League. Don't forget, don't forget about my boy Donny Vanderbeek. Donny Donny Vanderbeek, who I think is your boy, I guess out of name only. Um, oh, he's a good player. And uh, and then um, just Ajax had I think I even actually you know while I did try to renege on my 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 pick of Ajax last episode or, or two episodes ago when we did this, I did say I thought that their speed and attack could give problems to Real Madrid, and that I think is exactly what happened. No, yeah, it was a fantastic figure. Real with Real without Sergio Ramos did not have the defensive cohesion. Also, no no Sergio Ramos and no Marcelo and no Kayla Navas, who were three of their most instrumental players in their Champions League runs. No Cristiano Ronaldo. And no Zinedine Zidane. No Zinedine Zidane. Uh, as much as I respect Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro. They're just not goal scorers, they, man. They didn't have their pieces. Yep. And Ajax had all their pieces, and they're going to sell all these pieces for like a total combined, I don't know, $500 million euros when it's all over, and then just build build the new ones. I love Ajax's Youth Academy's name. It's the, it's the Dream Factory, which is just such a cool idea. I don't know. So last word on this game, I got to give you an absolute nut stat. Gareth Bale makes more money than Ajax's first team. <laughs> Reserves mm-hmm. and youth and youth squad combined. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, that is nuts. Also, shout out to Edwin Vandersaw who won the Champions League with Ajax in '95 with Manu in 2008. What a nuts couple of days he had for. He works for Ajax as like one of the football directors, and he he's still a very avid Manchester United fan. What a crazy couple of days <laughs> it must have been for him to watch his two teams come back like that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and with that, uh, we'll just briefly touch up on Tottenham Dortmund. Uh, Tottenham Dortmund is the only team who lost the first leg so far that didn't win the second leg. Actually, yeah, more on that in a second. <laughs> uh, so basically, they lost one zero in Germany. Total four zero. I, I don't think there's really much for us to talk about here. I mean, they're just no, Dortmund is leading is leading the candidate for mental midget of the year. There's right something now. to talk about collapsing. about Dortmund in general, but I think it's better off in the Bundesliga coverage. So yeah. we can just jump right uh-huh. next to a, to Porto Roma. First leg in Rome, Roma 2-1 victory over Porto. Um, you know, Didn't some like 20-year-old kids score like both goals for Roma too? Dude, yeah, Zaniolo. I yeah, that one. His name. What he's, a good name, by the way. He's honestly been the only good thing about Roma's season so far. Jekko yeah. was hot guy early on, but he's really faltered uh, a lot. Um, last like third of the season and in, you know, Champions League. Uh, yeah. They've had some injuries with like Singa's under and uh, Shirawe just got healthy, but um, Eusebio De Francesco hasn't been playing him. Uh, so just, just a lot of things not going right. And, uh, this was the upset I actually believed in when I picked it. I don't know if it was so much of an upset, man. Porto, I, I struggled over this one. Porto is a really, really good team with a lot of good young pieces. Yeah, I, I, I'm upset in the in the sense of how I think most 
generalization was, oh, Roma from Syria probably favored over Porto, especially when they emerged from the first game with the with a a victory. Uh, but I did you see the footage from this game when uh Pepe, who is at Porto still playing, got in the face of Ed and Dzeko. They like did the thing where they touched foreheads, and you can see Pepe's mouth clearly, and he just screams, "Fuck you!" And then uh, Ed and Dzeko grabs his face, falls on the ground like a complete dive, rolling around like he was trying to make it look like he got headbutted or hit or something. And mm-hmm. all that all that basically happened was it made Dzeko uh, look like a baby back bitch, and it made Pepe look kind of fucking badass. It was just, you could see him, like, veins in his neck popping. You could read his mouth so clearly yelling, fuck you, to Ed and Dzeko, who then just did a total Neymar dive all over the place. Wow. And then Dzeko got yellow carded for the dive. Love it. That he got yellow for the dive, not that he dove. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that kind of recaps all the uh, the games that happened last week. Coming up this week, we have... Uh, some two very tomorrow, by yeah. the way, and pr- probably knowing Gates podcast won't even get out to like fucking Thursday. So oh. the entire champions league that's, will be over. That's, by that's entirely happening. That is very true. Uh, we got Liverpool Bayern zero, zero at Anfield. So now they're going back to going Munich back and Germany. To, yeah. And, which, and, oh, you know, and Bayern is hot right now, by the way, Bayern's hot and they're at home, but this also gives them the risk of, you know, if it's oh, one 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 if it's, two two if it's if it's one one two two it, any scoring draw uh, sends Liverpool through on away goal. So while they do have the uh, you know home home field advantage, it could also bite them in the ass. Yeah, that's PSG how that worked out for them or Real Madrid. But this could also play the the next the next game. Lyon Bar- Barcelona they tied zero zero in France, so they're going going back to Spain. Uh, same thing. If if Leon can score that first goal, and just only concede one goal, I mean, it's hard to concede. imagine. Imagine if Barcelona is eliminated from the Champions League. How open it is! How open it like? It's already still very. It's so open. The Champions League hasn't been this open in such a long time, mainly because of Real Madrid stranglehold. But I mean, you always felt like it was either going to be Real Madrid or Barcelona for such a long time. Yeah. It is so open. It's not crazy to think that like. Tottenham or Manchester United or Ajax or Porto, like these teams could win the Champions League. Yeah. Especially Crazy. especially if Atletico can hold on to their two nothing lead against Juventus. Oh yeah, that's the next game going back. So I actually think Juventus has a shot at uh at like having a big win at Doesn't home. this remind you of the Tottenham Juventus last year when Tottenham had a three one lead against Juve? Yep. And they bottled that. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, obviously, Atletico doesn't have the Tottenham choke history, but we've seen this year, every time they're in an advant- advantageous position, they weren't able to capitalize and quickly got themselves out of the La Liga title race. Uh, and, yeah. And you know Cristiano Ronaldo is going to give it his fucking all. Yeah. And and people really believe that if Allegri doesn't... doesn't uh, Give them doesn't a, deliver, doesn't deliver doesn't the deliver, Champions League. Doesn't deliver Champions League. He's going to be out. Yeah, and so, there's been a lot of rumors that Pep might have a, ver- an, a verbal agreement in place with Juventus, and a lot of rumors about that. Um. Oh, and then 
We have Shaka Manchitty going back to England with City with a 3-2 lead over Shaka. That 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 thing's over. Uh yeah. I'm just, you know, looking forward to getting for, for hopefully Weston getting at least, you know, maybe 60 more minutes of Champions League. Yeah. Um but yeah, it should be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh Obviously, Eric and I have to. I have to shoot that calendar for Eric. Uh, I gotta. Not, wear... It's not for me. It's for the fans. Well, yeah. Obviously, we have to make it like later in the year so we can sell it for like the twenty twenty calendar year. Not sell it, be a sell it. But uh, Eric gets to pick six jerseys for me to take the photographs of the months in. I have to purchase three of them. He has to provide three of them. I hope I'm not dating anyone by then because what I w- what I wanted to do if Eric was like obviously Eric and his girlfriend were okay with it is. I wanted Eric to have to sit in one of the pictures with his girlfriend wearing a John Terry jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, and everyone was okay with it. Um, and so if, I, if I'm dating someone by the time we shoot the counter shoot, that's how I would do it. On oh, that my one, by God. The way. Uh, you are yeah, a sick bastard. <laughs> that, that is that's so really funny. good. That's really good. <laughs> uh, so... Oh God! Oh, I come so. If I wear a Liverpool jersey, I think I'm gonna have to like scrub my body like raw. God, I got some ideas. I'm not looking, not looking forward to that. If uh, it is a Liverpool jersey, it's gonna be a fun one. Okay. There is no fun ones. Uh, I can think of a few. <laughs> I hate you. All right, with that, Eric. Let's do our league recap, Dude, starting off with I Syria. can't believe you put Syria up front. It's not even, Milan didn't even lose. Like, are you, I do, Milan are you, is playing are you, so well. Are you no, aware of that? You, you just, i just so tired of you. Oh, you've been complaining about it and complaining about it, so I wanted to do your right, buddy. You make it sound like I complain all the time. I literally say it once, like every time we record, and that's it. Just every time we record, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we haven't, luckily we haven't done that lately. <laughs> Ouch. So, uh, it, you know, the Syria title race has is, is, is been over since, you know, what, the third week of, 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 the, of the league, really? Uh, no, the, the Syria title race was over when the team that had won, like, the last three or four times at Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's... It, 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 was, it was over when the Fiat War factory workers started <laughs> protesting. You know what? You're, you're, you're completely right on that one, actually. Uh, Juve is still undefeated in the league. They've won all but three, and those were draws. Hey, has the, has a team ever gone – like, we've had one in England, one in the Invincible season by Arsenal. Has that ever happened in Serie A? Not since I've been following it, uh, but, like, I don't know about the eight, nine, you know, early 90s, 70s, 80s, all that shit, uh, but I don't think so. I do not think so. Um, but, yeah, that that's that's on, on the table for Juve this year. They still have not lost a game, and they've won almost all of them. You know, it's not like they've had half their games be draws either. They've been fucking kicking ass. Um, interestingly enough, though, Inter, who, you know, last time we potted were in third place, they have really uh, stuttered uh, with a couple draws, a couple losses, they now find themselves in in fourth place, one game behind Milan, baby. We're fucking back. I am very excited. You got Milan in in third place. Uh, haven't you know? Haven't played. I guess you know. Played at Atlanta a few weeks back. That's uh, been a, one of the toughest places to win on the road in Serie A this season. 
got a good good win there. Uh, then just took care of some of the the lesser teams. But it's all setting up a really fascinating uh, game next weekend or this weekend. It's the the Milan Derby. Milan in third place, one point above Inter. It's gonna be it's gonna be. I'm 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 very very nervous, very very nervous. Uh, but Christoph Piontek is absolutely killing it, uh, with his double gun celebration, which if you haven't seen it is just very cool. Um, and it's then, a pretty badass Sally. I'm not gonna lie, it's a great Sally. Interestingly enough, Napoli has also faltered the last couple weeks. They sit six points clear of Milan in third, Napoli in second. Things are uh, things are heating up in that top things four. Are it's really, really interesting. And I just want to point out that right now, Manchester United's in fifth place and Milan's in third place. <laughs> yeah, um, I would. So Donnie and I have a bet as to we each think our team is going to finish worse than the other person's team in the respective tables, and that's a bet I would gladly lose. Yeah, obviously I don't want to fucking win it either. <laughs> I know, but I see you reverse karma in it right now. I see what you're doing. Yeah, I'm fucking terrified. Um, yeah. Uh, interesting though, you've got Roma who just had a, a win today, so I think they are two points behind Milan and a point behind Inter. Then you have Lazio who are uh, six points shy but have a game in hand. Uh, and then you have teams like Torino and uh, Atalanta that are hanging around. This could, it, I thought, you know. When we did our, our mid our mid season episode, I talked about thinking you know some of the clutter would would kind of open up a little bit for that fourth place spot, and you would see two or three teams contending. Instead, what's happened is third place has come back to earth. Second place is now not necessarily set in stone, and all those you know teams four through eight are all in contention for fourth. It's a uh, it's like a clusterfuck of the Daytona five hundred for our. You know the rare soccer and NASCAR inclined fans. Yes, the rare cross section between <laughs> America's fastest sport and the most popular sport in the world. <laughs> um, with that, can I take it over to England? Please. We'll start out with Manchester United. Um, things were really, really excellent, actually, until the most sour point of that would happen yesterday. Oof. And I'll get to that. Uh, beat Chelsea in the FA Cup thanks to fantastic hairs by Herrera and Pogba. And Pogba with a great celebration of just swimming in place on the ground after he had the diving <laughs> header. That was awesome. Then they tied Liverpool's 0-0 in a game where everybody got hurt from Manu in the first half. Herrera, Mata, but Manu used had to be all a, three subs in the first half and still had, had one more injured player in the first half. Yeah. Rashford was basically playing on one leg, uh, but fantastic defensive performance. Liverpool had one shot on goal. Man, you had the best chances of the game. People were like, oh, Liverpool were so dominant, so dominant. Yeah, they had a lot of the ball, but Man, you had two or three chances. Liverpool had one shot on goal, and it was not really close. Luke Shaw mm. shut down mm. Mo Salah. Mo Salah has to call Luke Shaw daddy. I mean, just use that butt to the extreme. It was incredible. One of, one of the best defensive performances I've seen in a really long time. One of the things that I, I – I mean, I love Rashford, and I'm happy that Pogba is doing well. But one of the things that makes me a little disappointed is at end of season, that's going to overshadow the incredible season that Luke Shaw has been having. 
And I don't know if he's oh, yeah. going to get... If you ask Romelu Lukaku, Romelu Lukaku says Luke Shaw has been Manu's best player this season. And yeah. I agree to an extent. But I feel end of season, he's not going to get that recognition. Um, you know Jose Mourinho is going to go on some talk show and bring up his like eating habits too and just... Aww. That's just sad. Uh, then United followed it up with a with a three a win three one win against Palace. Lukaku had a brace and he had a rare Ashley Young goal, and then a three two comeback win against Southampton. Another brace for Lukaku, by the way, including the PSG game. He had three base games with a brace. Uh, and Andres Pereira, who I've been very critical of, scored an absolute screamer and had an assist for the goal. So that was good. But then that 2-0 loss versus Arsenal, which was such bullshit because Lukaku had like four or five amazing chances. Rashford had a couple. And Arsenal goals were just... Okay, it was one goal that De Gea just fucked up on. Totally, like the ball went slightly to the right and then curved to the left. And he just committed way too early on that. And then the softest bullshit penalty. Lacazette had been throwing himself on the ground all game. That was a bad penalty. That game just... Like, everyone... I was reading articles saying, like, Arsenal, you know, masterclass by Emery. What do you mean it was a masterclass? Man, you had way better chances. We just didn't score them. I don't know. Yeah. It was the, just a bad loss for Man U. The penalty call was... That was dog shit. Was bad. It was, it was harsh. It's going to be interesting you, because... I just don't know what... Lukaku couldn't find the goal that game with two hands in a map. He's on, like, the, he's had six goals in his last three games before. It's a problem with Lukaku, man. When it comes to playing against the better English teams, he just disappears. And, you know, that's – I really felt Marcia – we've been hobbling along without Marcial and Lingard and Herrera, but I felt those three missing that game. Yeah. Big oh, time. definitely. That was – and I think, I think that – I think people look at the PSG comeback, right? And I think that overshadows how depleted United is. I don't think yeah, – yeah, Fred and Scott McTominay were starting in the midfield. I think looking at that that United lineup without exactly those, you know, without uh, Lingard, Martial, and for me especially Ander Herrera, who is my kind of midfielder. I, I I love the way that guy plays. He's so critical, and so many times he plays a type of game where you only would hear his name if he fucks up. And then other times he'll step up and score a goal or or have a key pass or assist. Um, I th- I think he he where, where Lukaku struggles against the top English teams. Herrera he shines. Herrera plays his best games, and that, especially against Chelsea. <laughs> oh my god, that for me was I think the my biggest takeaway was how much it just felt like United missed Herrera. And, you know, luckily we got Wolves. Uh, Premier League will be on a break this weekend. Uh, United has Wolverhampton in the quarterfinals, which isn't going to be an easy game. Wolves are Wolves are really been a solid team. But this just gives us time for to players to just rest and get back into the squad. To, to endure, because endure, you, I guarantee you we have Lingard, Martial, Herrera. That Arsenal game is totally different. Yeah. What is concerning is I think Arsenal's schedule is, was, is pretty front-heavy in terms of playing some of the – Tougher competition. Yeah, and we still got Man City and Chelsea left. Luckily, it kind of feels like this Arsenal team doesn't really their their level of competition isn't what fucks them up. It's themselves, right? They're I think this Arsenal team is as liable 
to beat a United or a Chelsea or, or a City as they are to lose to... Um, West Ham. Uh, yeah, West Ham. Uh, Burnley. Burnley. Uh, Crystal Palace. So I, I definitely think there are points to be dropped by Arsenal, but there's also, if, if United can't get healthy, there's points to be dropped by them too. Yeah, um, and we're going to get into that top four race in a minute. Um, Liverpool, we said tied United, and then had a 5-0 thrashing of Watford. Great backfield goal by Sadio Mane. Uh, you should look at the highlight of it. It was you seen absolutely it. sexy. Uh, tied with Everton's 0-0. Uh, they looked, uh, Liverpool looked awful in the final third of that game, but then beat Burnley 4-2, but dropped kind of, you know, dropped four points in that four-game span. And Man City took advantage because... They beat West Ham 1-0, beat Bournemouth 1-0, and beat Watford 3-1, in which my choice for the young player of the year was Raheem Sterling, had a hat-trick in that game, by the way. And then City won the League Cup final against Chelsea, and we got we haven't talked about this yet, but we got to talk about the Kepa thing. Oh my god. That Kepa so, mutiny. Basically, it was the game was going to head to the penalty shootout, and the coach for uh, Chelsea... What's his fucking... I Maurizio, forget his name. Maurizio, sorry. Sorry, there it is. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Like, what? tried to sub out... Uh, so, there was a there was an injury Kepa. knock. An injury yeah, knock at, ahead, like in, in stoppage time of extra time, right? And the trainers came out and looked at Keppa, and then they went back, as they do, and talked to Sorry. And Maurizio Sorry decided that he was going to put uh, Willy Caballero in for Keppa. At which point, Donald? At which point, Keppa said no. <laughs> like, Keppa just shook his finger, like, waved his hands, like, I'm not coming out, and just didn't come out. Like, just didn't come out of the fucking and, game. And it wasn't like a like a 10-second thing where he did that, and Sorry was like, oh, okay. Sorry stood his ground, too, and was like, no, come out. You're coming out. And Keppa, like, this was like a two-minute ordeal. <laughs> like, David Luiz walked up to him at some point. No, not Davila. It's uh, Aspilicueta. There we go. I think it was Aspilicueta. Walked up to him to Keppa and was like talking to Keppa and then just walked away and Keppa just stayed there. So like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, it would have been one thing if, as a result of that, Keppa made the saves and they won the penalty kick. But instead, Manchester City won the penalty shootout. An interesting stat: Keppa's career per save percentage on penalties. Is uh, it was like sub sub twenty five percent. Yeah, I think it, between him and the other goalie, Willie Caballero, it's twenty three versus thirty three percent. Exactly, Caballero thirty three percent. So maybe there's also something, but I mean, it was literally a mutiny. I've I've never seen a player's name number get flashed up on the sign, and he literally refused to come off. Well, and then, you know, the club fined him a week's wages. He got sat against Tottenham, and uh, Chelsea kept a clean sheet. Willie Caballero kept a clean sheet. Yeah. And so, so that'll just kind of take us right into Chelsea, who responded real, pretty well after that loss. They beat Tottenham 2-0, beat Fulham 2-1, and then tied Wolverhampton 1-1. So, you know, not a bad result. Uh, Tottenham, holy crap, dude. Tottenham have gotten one point out of the last four games. So out of a possible 12 points, they've gotten one point. And yeah, they played Chelsea and Arsenal, but they also played Burnley and Southampton. Lost to Burnley 2-1. Chelsea 2-0. Tie Arsenal 1-1. Lose to Southampton 2-1. They are, this is a team who 
in January, people were talking about being in the title race, who now there's a possibility they don't even finish in the top four. Tottenham, they're only one point. Tottenham, just, own, Tottenham pulled an enter and played themselves into the top four race. Tottenham played a Tottenham and just choked at a critical good moment. Good point. Enter pulled a Tottenham, I guess? And then we've, we've talked about Arsenal tying Tottenham, beating United, um, and they also beat Southampton and Burnmouth. So here's what the table looks like. It's going to be really interesting these last eight games of the Premier League. I am stressed out just talking about it. Uh, City, 74. Gross. Liverpool, 73. So, I mean, those teams just need to win out, basically. Tottenham, 61. Arsenal, 60. Manchester United, 58. Chelsea, 57, who has a game in hand against Huddersfield. So, basically, Chelsea, 60. So, Man U's basically in sixth place right now. But Man- three, three Man points U's out of third. sixth. I do think Tottenham finish outside the top four, which I think was your prediction, wasn't it? No, I thought I think I had uh, I, I think I had City, Liverpool, Tottenham, United. Okay. I think you said City, Liverpool. Ch- Ch- Did you go Chelsea United? I probably went Chelsea, and I really regret that because I think I think obviously City, Liverpool. I think yes. Ar- I think Arsenal finish in the top four, mm-hmm. and then I think I think Tottenham I think Tottenham are are, pull, are, are doing that Dortmund free fall. Uh, I think that Chelsea has so much shit going on right now. Uh, I I really do think Man United pull it out with eight games to go. I wouldn't be surprised if you got you saw City Liverpool United Arsenal just because Arsenal in fourth place just belong together. <laughs> but uh. That's that's the Premier League uh, for you of the last month. La Liga, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Barca dummied Real Madrid in the last two Clasicos. And this is significant because up until these two games, Real Madrid had the head-to-head in Clasicos. But now Barcelona has taken over the head-to-head for the first time in like 100 years. Uh, what's crazy part of this, is though, is that like, bef- like before Messi's first game for Barca, like... Real Madrid had the head-to-head by like 30, 28 to 30 games or something like that. And so you got to give a lot of credit to Messi yeah. and being able to get all those wins for Barca. I mean, I mean, he's well he's, done. He's, a, well he's, done. he's a club wizard. He's just the national team uh, mental midget. midget. Yeah. Uh, they're seven points clear. This this is over. I know Zidane said today there's a chance Real Madrid can still win La Liga. And I know he's pumping up the tires and getting the boys going. But this is over. It's going to finish with Barcelona first, Atletico second, Real third, and whoever the fuck is in fourth. Yeah. I don't care. All right. To the Bundesliga? To the Bundesliga. Oh, if there's one thing you cannot call this league, it would be the boring Liga. So I really, really... (laughs) Anyone, only an idiot would call it the boring Liga. I really put my foot up my mouth for that one, huh? Well, Uh, I I, I, I supported you a thousand percent, so I'm, I'm in there with you, buddy. So we have seen in the last month just the complete deterioration and collapse of Borussia Dortmund's, what, nine-point lead? I know, and the crazy thing is they've only lost two games all season. Yeah, but they've they've blown leads, and I think that one of those losses was to uh, fucking Fortuna Dusseldorf, who we coined the term Dusseldorfing, which is like getting your... Somebody having some having somebody shit on your car. You can't lose to that team. You you cannot lose to the team that like we we equate to like having your car shit on. Like they can't do that. That's, that's literally as bad as it gets. 
Um, anyways, Dortmund have really shit the bed lately and seen their nine point lead collapse to a zero point lead. And uh, they were they were ahead of Bayern on goal differential coming into the this last weekend, and then Bayern just you know casually Dusseldorf and Wolfsburg six zero, and Dortmund beat Stuttgart three to one. So Bayern now has a two goal differential advantage uh, over Dortmund. It's I think this title. I mean, if Dortmund don't fix their shit, it's not going to even matter what, how their head to head matchup goes at the end of the season but if they write the ship I think it will it'll come down to that what's interesting is Dortmund was tied 1-1 Stuttgart in like the 80th minute and then you know what they did Donald they brought on Christian Pulisic they subbed on our boy Christian Pulsey who casually had an accidental assist uh he tried settling the ball in the box and it just kind of floated right to Paco Alcacer, and he he nailed it home. But it's a hundred percent an assist, and we're talking about right place, right time. Uh, that was in like the mid eightieth minute, and then in the ninetieth minute, he latches on to a ball whipped into the box and nets it home with a goal. So uh, it was one one when he when he was subbed on. Uh, he was directly involved, assist and goal in the two goals they scored after that for. To, to deliver the win. I honestly think they need to look into, and this is not even the American. Uh, no, I, I totally agree with what you're if, about to say. And if, I have some evidence to support it. If this was a, if this was a Milan situation right here. And it was some guy who we sold to some, you know, club in a different country. I probably would have wanted to sit him during the season after that. I, I would agree with that as a fan, but after seeing the run of performances that the team has had and then seeing him provide this spark and this performance, I'm 100% saying you need to play your best players because next season you're not going to, you're most likely not going to be in this position to win the title next season. Cause you know, you know, Byron's going to retool They're They're going to get rid of some of their old people, which is the only reason that you were in this position in the first place. What was your, and you know, my thing I was going to say is, so before the uh, Christian Pulisic transfer, Dortmund looked like they were going to run away with the whole thing. But then the transfer gets announced that he's going to go to Chelsea. They start benching him, and then the mental midget status begins. And that I'm saying that that's a little bit of, that's evidence for you. Well, I think what's interesting actually though, he Jaden Sancho had replaced him on the on the right wing before the actual transfer. Uh, you know, took place or was official. I, I do, I, I think, you know, us being American, big American fans, uh, that that can kind of clout our, our judgment. But I, I actually believe he had kind of fallen out of the starting 11 before that transfer. Then the transfer was announced and it was basically like confirmation that this guy's not going to play the rest of the season because what would they? But what I'm saying is he was definitely getting still a little bit more he was, minutes He was in the minutes, transfer. 100%. 100%. So at least give me minutes. the minutes. Give me the minutes. Yes. No, you were correct. He was definitely getting minutes as a sub and then was also starting, you know, random games here and there. Just not not every game uh, that was get, going to Sancho. But when they, when they really took over against Stuttgart this weekend, they brought on Pulisic and left Sancho on. And you had both of them playing. And I honestly believe you play your most talented 11. 
That's that, that's what I've told you. How, it was with it was with we were talking about England Germany. That's why that's why I told you like the the beauty about the German national team is they always find a way to press their best eleven players. As a manager, you have to always play your best eleven. You figure out a formation to fit your best eleven players. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, an attacking four of Sancho, Pulisic, Royce, and Goethe. Yeah, and for the, with, yeah, play with, with, with a false mind with Axel Witzel as your holding mid. Yeah, I, I totally I, agree with you. I, 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 I'm, I will be very curious to see their next league game because they're out of the they're out of the DFB Cup, they're out of the Champions League, so that's the only only game to see them play. But I'll be very curious to see the starting lineup and. Wouldn't be shocked to see Pulisic there, but I also wouldn't be shocked if if he if he only comes on as subs the rest of the season, you know. Yeah. Uh, last note I have other recently is that RP Leipzig is currently in third place, and I I would love for them to seal a uh, top four finish and have our boy Tyler Adams be in the Champions League next I season. I think I think we're gonna get Pulisic and Tyler Adams in the Champions League, which is pretty awesome. Um, I'm also nervously watching. Uh, Schalke, because they yeah. are four points clear of the drop right now. And also, uh, that's one thing we need to keep an eye on. Second thing I want to mention is, you know, Gatesy always focuses on the young guys in the Bundesliga because, you know, it's Gates. He loves the young boys. But um, John Brooks scored a couple of games ago for Wolfsburg, and I want to see him. He's still an American player, and Actually, he's a starting center back. And, and he's being rated as one of the most consistent center backs in the Bundesliga this season. He's having a phenomenal year. Uh, also, uh, take aging it up a little bit too. Aaron Johansson has returned to full tra- full time training with the Werder Bremen squad after. Some, I love it. After some, him, and, him and the Red Baron can be homies. He's in an interview. He said uh, him and Josh's goal is to in the same year they want to start for the for Werder Bremen and start for the U.S. Men's National Team. And I fucking oh, love, I, I love that mentality. I love that. I love uh, that. The Iceman is back. Let me tell you back. why. I love it so much, I'm not going to need a fluffer for a while. <laughs> the Iceman is back. Uh, also, uh, I briefly mentioned Shaka and how they're losing and how they're four points from the drop. Weston McKinney did have an assist in his first game back from injury. Uh, he won a long header because apparently he wins any fucking uh, aerial ball when he's on the pitch. And he, he knocked it down to Breelan Bolo. Uh, who slotted home a nice goal? They ended up losing the game uh, because they're Shaka and they suck. But McKinney's still playing well. Uh, he was a little little shaky on the ball, but didn't really get. I thought didn't get enough time on the ball to really establish himself. Uh, so I don't know what the problem is with that team, but they need to fix their shit because we can't have Weston being the best player on their team. That's not how I want him to grow. Yeah, totally agree. And with that, ladies and gents, we wrap up Own Goal Podcast episode 27. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Own Goal Pod. We love fan engagement. Please email us at, or please email us, Own Goal Pod at gmail.com. We're actually going to be getting an Instagram account pretty soon. So uh, look out for that. Eric doesn't have an Instagram. Yeah. So Eric won't even follow no, our you all, Instagram. You all are going to have to our, look out for that because I won't be able to. <laughs> You won't even make the account just to follow the podcast. I have, I have my, uh, I have my morals, and it's not a moral thing. Did, I have, I have my principles. There we go. Jesus Christ! Uh, 
but yeah, thanks everyone. This was a bit of a long episode. I promise this time, and I really mean this. Eric and I have like talked about it. We will be much. Eric, get that wand out of your mouth. Uh, we'll be much, much better about doing episodes more than once a month where we have to jam pack so much in. But uh, with that, bye. Also, I mean, we're gonna do better about recording, but don't kid yourself. It's not gonna shorten these fucking episodes. <laughs> bye. bye. Sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone Hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny Our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always man, no, no. I won't camp here tonight. And I'll win you love, 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 if you're ready for war. I'll run the sun, 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 just surrender your core. I'll give you bombs of my love, but I don't want to explode, so follow me, follow me. And I'll show you home I'll give you bombs of my love But I don't want to explode So follow me, follow me And I'll show you Could have crushed my spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone Until the day I realized my courage is all I ever own Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel And I'll fight until the end, shallow wounds always, man, no, no Give you bombs of my love, but I don't wanna explode. So follow me, follow me, and I'll show you home. I'll give you bombs of my love, but I don't want to explode, so follow me.